today, Rinpoche expanded on the four ways to gather disciples, showing that it's important because of love and compassion to allow one to be pleased that you wish to teach and to present them with the perfection vehicle so that they have the appropriate information and to show them the proper ways to meet their aims and then yourself practice so you're not a hypocrite. Shiksha. The Jutsenjia. Yipashengi. Yumimba Jipa. Ditskirmche Shiksha. Jutsujuni. Samba Dua. Nipa Natsulesan. Jipja Juchi Juni Yining Nipa Nipa Lesson. Four way. Just want to make sure. Jipja Juchi Juni. Then a so nipa chu shir dua jir ngay shina. Okay. Jutsen. Sheso. Okay. Sheso. The umma dan. Oh. 462. Sheso. Hello. Nipa. Yeah. The Gongyal Mepachi, Rimache, the Nay, the Karma Cheek, the Me Sarpa Kashi, you're in. I apologize. Um, we got started a little earlier than nine. Um, I didn't realize there was, I think, some new people here. So I just wanted to say welcome to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Anyone who hasn't been here before, Rinpoche is the retired abbot of His Holiness the Dalai Lama's Monastery in Namgyal, holds the degree of Geshe Larampa, which is the highest degree you can achieve in the Tibetan Buddhist Galup tradition. And uh, Rinpoche is really recognized. Uh, he doesn't like when I say this, but he's recognized by all the world's greatest scholars as one of the greatest living scholars in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Uh, and it's inarguable based on his length of study and uh, being the abbot of Namgyal is one of the highest honors that anyone is given in the Tibetan lineage. Um, so we're very fortunate to have Rinpoche here with us. Rinpoche is currently teaching Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. It's in a three-volume series in English. Um, in Tibetan, it's only one volume, but now we're currently in the second uh, volume, and we're in page 226. Um, the reason they are stipulated as four um, is where uh, we are going to uh, begin. Rinpoche, Chikshena, the Kanga, the Nipa, Shangi, Ju, Min, Bar, Chikshena, Kanga, Kanga, Chi. Okay, so we're going to actually start on page 225 and just begin this this chapter 
um, and just go through quickly the, the, the couple that we went through already. Um, so um, that's where we're going to begin today. And this text, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, is a text that was written uh, by a master named Lama Tsongkhapa um, in uh, the late 1300s, early 1400s, uh, somewhere in there. Um, not good with that. And uh, it's considered one of the most important texts ever written. And the reason for that is, is he was able to take all of the texts of the Kangjur and the Tanjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, the authentic Indian commentaries, and summarize them in a format that was very easy to understand and palatable and place them in the order that one would practice from the beginning of wanting to become a Buddha to becoming a Buddha. Uh, so it's really an all-inclusive text. We're very fortunate to have Rinpoche teaching this here. He's been teaching it for years, uh, and he's really going line by line and explaining it. Um, so that's what we're doing today. We had introductory prayers, as you saw, the first um, part of that section in the back of the book. It's tabbed off. It says prayers for teachings. At the end of the class, we'll use that again, and then there's like um, a few more prayers, uh, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer, Samantabhadra dedication, a long life prayer for Rinpoche, and a long life prayer for His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And that'll be at the end of the teaching. And right around 10.30 we'll have a, a question and answer session. Uh, so if you have any questions, um, please do ask them. Uh, we never know when we will have an opportunity again to ask the burning question that we need the answer to for our spiritual development uh, and have such a qualified person to answer that question. So um, that's it. My name's Jeff, and uh, once again, I'm sorry to have interrupted Rinpoche, but I always want to make everyone know that we really value our students and, and new people and that, uh, you know, there is no class if there aren't students. So uh, your participation is required in order for this teaching to go on. Okay, so <coughs> uh, the teachings are divided into these uh, categories that are called the teachings shared in common with beings of three capacities, which are the teachings shared in, I'm, I'm sorry, the teachings for beings of three capacities. And those teachings are the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the teachings for beings of great capacity. Um, so we can divide all of the Buddhist teachings into those three categories. So it is said that uh, behind me, just as a translator's notes, we have what's called the Kangjur, which are the pronouncements of Lord Buddha. Uh, there's a hundred texts there. Um, we have the Tanjur, which are the authentic Indian commentaries. There's 213 of those, I believe. Um, and then also behind me, we, we have some Tibetan texts as well. We have uh, the um, Lama Tsongkhapa's collection and Kirtup and Jelsip Jay's collection, as well as some of Drepung Losaling's texts. But the Kangjur and Tanjur are really all that we consider the, the truth, uh, the um, um, scriptural truth. Uh, so all of those teachings are, can be summarized into these three categories. And it would be very hard for us 
to try to read the entire Kangjur and Tanjur um, and to try to understand it would be almost impossible. But by understanding these three capacities and the meaning, we really do understand the essence of what the teachings um, of, in their vast fashion are intended to mean. So all of us have Buddha. Um, that's a very literal translation um, of a statement. Sometimes they use a lot more words, but it's literally how it's translated. Um, all of us, all sentient beings have Buddha. Um, and just as a translator's note, um, because I'm using a literal translation, that doesn't mean that we have this Buddha that's waiting to be uncovered. Uh, it means the following, and now this back to Rinpoche's commentary. Um, we have, all sentient beings have what is called Buddha nature, or Buddha potential. Um, because uh, we have these two types of potential, uh, de a developing potential, um, and then the actual natu uh, natural potential. So um, the developing potential um, is the mental consciousness itself and the um, true, uh, the natural potential is the lack of true establishment of the mental consciousness. Um, so when we say why do we state that we have Buddha? We state we have Buddha because we have Buddha nature. Um, we have Buddha potential. This potential is the mental consciousness and the lack of true establishment of the mental consciousness. Everyone has this. All sentient beings have Buddha potential. Hindus have Buddha potential. Christians have Buddha potential. Those who say bad things about Buddha have Buddha potential. Uh, so all sentient beings have this Buddha potential because all sentient beings have a mental consciousness uh, and this mental consciousness is not truly established, is not inherently one way or another, inherently existent. Um, so therefore, uh, it's, it, it um, can be Buddha. Um, so this potential means that it can be. Um, we can be Buddha. So that's what this uh, means. Um, this Buddha potential or Buddha natures means we can be Buddha. Um, so Buddha Shakyamuni um, was exactly like us um, and was in cyclic existence and suffering. Um, but the thing that we have in common with Buddha Shakyamuni is that he um, had, has, has a mental consciousness and Buddha Shakyamuni's mental consciousness um, is not truly established. Um, so therefore, 
Um, as a note, Buddha Shakyamuni, when he was Prince Siddhartha, had Buddha nature or Buddha potential. So therefore, because Buddha Shakyamuni had a mental consciousness and that mental consciousness was not truly established, therefore it could become Buddha which became Shakyamuni Buddha from Prince Siddhartha. Uh, so um, all sentient beings possess this potential. Uh, So how, how is this Buddhahood achieved? How, how, how can this happen? How can one be transformed into uh, this, this state? Um, so it says, if you ask, um, what are the causes and conditions of the final fruit of omniscience? So um, we look at this final achievement, this achievement of Buddhahood, and how does it occur? What are the causes and conditions that make it make this happen? Um, trans this transformation happen? And we find in Kamala Shila's stages of meditation uh, the point made. If you ask what are the causes and conditions of the final fruit of omniscience, I who am like a blind man may not be in a position to explain myself, but I shall employ the Buddha's own words just as he spoke them to his disciples after his enlightenment. He said, Vajrapani, Lord of Secrets, the transcendental wisdom of omniscience has its root in compassion and arises from a cause, the altruistic thought, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and the perfection of skillful means. Therefore, if you are interested in achieving omniscience, you need to practice these three, compassion, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and skillful means. So here, the meaning of this is, if one wishes to achieve Buddhahood, there's necessary causes and conditions that will create, um, create this final um, fruit of omniscience. Um, so the previous Buddhas relied on these practices. The current Buddhas rely, relied on those, uh, those, these practices. And the future Buddhas will rely on these practices. And what is meant by these three are the following. So it says... Practice the three, compassion. So it states that compassion is the root. And then from compassion, couple that with the awakening mind of bodhicitta, the, uh, the mind that aspires to, to enlightenment. And then once there is this compassion that is the root and the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, engage in, it says, skillful means, which is the practice of the six perfections of generosity, uh, ethics, patience, uh, perseverance, concentration, and wisdom. So by, by practicing the three, compassion, bodhicitta, and the six perfections, one will be able to achieve the final fruit of omniscience or Buddhahood. Digson. <laughs> Buddha 
So if compassion is the root, what is compassion? Compassion is the wish that may all sentient beings be free from suffering or separated from suffering and its causes. So this is what compassion is, this, this wish that all sentient beings be free from all types of suffering and, and their causes. ล่ะสิเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี่ยเนี
So I then we have this uh, we said the root of um compassion uh and then coupled with the, the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta. Uh so if someone were to say posit bodhicitta or show me what bodhi- what is bodhicitta? Posit bodhicitta. Uh you would say the desire for perfect enlightenment for the benefit of others. Uh so this is what bodhicitta is. Um it's a desire to become a buddha for the sake of sentient beings, for the benefit of others. Um so I'm um, just as a translator's note, this is from the uh ornament Maitreya's ornament for clear realization um where we find that bent that definition. So uh it is this desire to become a buddha for the sake or for the benefit of others. And if we divide the um bodhicitta or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, we divide it into two categories, aspiring bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. Uh, aspiring bodhicitta is any bodhicitta or mind that aspires to enlightenment that lacks that has been generated and is um is bodhicitta but does not have the vow, a bodhisattva vow so the person has generated within his or her own mental continuum uh this buddha mind or bodhicitta uh um literally bodhicitta trans translates as buddha mind because bodhi is buddha chitta means mind so we kind of stretch it out and say the mind that aspires to enlightenment um because um buddha mind is uh very easy to misunderstand uh if we say that um uh, cuz it seems like you make you know putting the minds together or something and that's not what's happening it's an aspiration that you have to become a buddha Um so uh this mind that aspires to enlightenment can be aspiring if it's inspiring then it means that that practitioner has bodhicitta but has not taken a bodhisattva vow engaged bodhicitta is the bodhicitta that exists once the bodhisattva vow has been taken so once the bodhisattva vow has been taken that bodhisattva then is engaged has engaged bodhicitta digsangramche ตาทอดจะบริสุทธิ์ชิมไปอยู่ทอดกันได้ Sonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogsuresonogs
Less so. Uh, so the third uh, part of this, uh, it says compassion at its root. Then it says bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And then it says skillful means. And this is referring to the six perfections. Uh, so the six perfections are necessary uh, because they give rise to the two collections. Uh, so in order to become a Buddha, one needs to have the collection of exalted wisdom uh, and the collection um, of merit. Uh, so in order to become a Buddha, these two collections must be fulfilled. Uh, so how, how do the six perfections create these? Um, so we look at Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment where it, it shows um, how we divide these. It says, apart from the perfection of wisdom, all virtuous practices such as the perfection of giving are described as skillful means by the victorious ones. Um, so we divide uh, the two collections into the collection of exalted wisdom and the collection of merit. Um, so the collection of merit refers to, uh, is created by any of those practices which are apart from the perfection of wisdom within the six perfections. So that means the first five of the six perfections create the collection of merit, and the final perfection, the collection of wisdom, um, creates the collection of exalted wisdom. Um, so these two collections are necessary because they create the various bodies of the Buddha. So, in dependence upon, um, um, they create the two bodies of the Buddha. Um, so, the collection of, um, of merit uh, creates the, uh, um, the form bodies of the Buddha, and the collection of exalted wisdom creates the truth bodies of the Buddha. Um, so, the wisdom realizing emptiness is that sixth perfection. Uh, that creates the, uh, the collection of exalted wisdom. Um, so we have generosity, ethics, pa patience, perseverance, and concentration all fall under the category of the collection of merit. Um, this collection of merit um, is called a, colle um, a collection of merit because uh, it is within the lineage of that which gives rise to the form body of the Buddha. Um, so it, it also qualifies as merit if it gives rise to the form body of the Buddha because it means that it has fallen into the collection of merit because that's the only way the form body is created. So it's the collection of merit um, that creates the form body. Um, so it is considered a merit because is within the lineage of that which gives rise to the form body. And then when we look at the um, exalted um, collection of wisdom, or the, 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 the wisdom realizing emptiness and so forth inspires, um, we see that that collection of wisdom creates the truth body. Um, and uh, so how do we know that it is a collection of wisdom? How can we call this last perfection, um, how can we say that that um, gives rise to um, 
a collection <clears throat> of wisdom. We know that this is a collection of wisdom if it gives it is within the lineage of that which gives rise to the truth body of the Buddha. So it qualifies as a collection of exalted wisdom if that collection gives rise to, is part of giving rise to the truth body of the Buddha. So when we divide these Buddha, um, these bodies, this is a translator's note, we have the form body. The form body is broken down into two categories, the enjoyment body and the emanation body. The truth body is broken down into the two categories, uh, the um, uh, natural um, the natural body and then the um, the uh, wisdom body and the natural body, I, I believe. Um, one is the actual permanent cessation and the other is the omniscience of the Buddha, one is in, that, which is impermanent um, in that it's thinking and, and moving. Uh, so, um, I think that's everything. So the we know that we can call this a collection of merit if it gives rise to the true um, the form body, um, uh, and the form. How does the form body created by a collection of merit? We know it's a collection of wisdom if it gives rise to the truth body. How is the truth body created by the collection of wisdom? Digson Rameche Kangalasa. Jimbaje, Less <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Chu Okay, so now we move to the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and uh, we're looking at the four ways to gather disciples. 
Um, so what are the four ways to gather disciples? So, so first, generosity. Um, so by engaging in generosity, um, this makes the students like you. Like when you're generous to someone, uh, they generally um, like what you've done and like you. So the first is being generous or generosity. The next is pleasant, using pleasant speech, um, speaking in a pleasant way, giving teachings in a, in a way that is easy on the ears, like it sounds nice, literally, it sounds sweet, the way that it sounds sweet on the ears. Working at the aims um, is working for whatever um, Rinpoche, this Sumba, the Dondagare, Yomari, Yomari, the Je, Jimba, 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 Mama, Jimba, Then Okay, and then the third working at the aims is um, um, correctly showing disciples uh, the the correctly the correct order uh, as they've been um, <coughs> presented here. Let me just give me one second here. Doja Rimache Gare. The Nyempo Mawa ni Dulja la Parshinam Nebamana Dulja la Parshinam Tumba Wusa Timba Master did the water Jen Dulja la and then Parshin Dalarin to Zumashi at the road, Parshin to Tumba the Logres, the Timber Mawa. Ale, then the Parshin Ta Parshin let the net. So teaching those practices which will result in Buddhahood. So the perfection of wisdom are the going to the other side. Um, 
has two categories, causal perfection and resultant perfection. A causal perfection is that which gives rise to the result of actual perfection. So the practices that one engages in that give rise to the, the actual perfection. Um, so this is what this third is, is this um, correctly um, presenting uh, the, that which gives rise to Buddhahood, basically, the going to the other side, the aim of Buddhahood and involving them correctly and taking that up. And then the th fourth is consistency of behavior, meaning that if um, one is telling others you should practice the teachings shared in common, uh, the teachings for beings of three capacities, because it's important and uh, they have good results. Um, if you are telling others to do this, you should be practicing it yourself. Um, so this is what the consistency of behavior is, is um, practicing what you are, I hate saying preach, but it's practicing what you are teaching and presenting to your students, actually practicing it. Um, so this is the fourth uh, category, consistency of behavior. Uh, to China. <laughs> Generosity is as earlier explained in the section on this perfection. So it was previously explained in detail. You can look back there. Pleasant speech is teaching the perfections to the disciples. Working at the aims uh, is setting disciples to work on the aims as they have been taught or involving them correctly in taking up these aims. Uh, and then consistency of behavior is stabilizing yourself in the very aims in which you have established others and then training in them. So for instance, if you're teaching, saying you should practice the three capacities, you should, the, who, the person saying it should be practicing those three capacities. Uh, so that's the meaning of this. Um, So I just want to clarify something. I, generosity is is, as explained earlier. The pleasant speech is the actual teaching of the perfections. Um, so it, um, I, it, it's the teaching of the perfections in a nice, in a pleasant way. So I, I, part of the pleasant speech that qualifies it as pleasant speech isn't just the nice way of saying it. And the pleasant way of saying that it, it's easy on the ears, it's the topic, the subject matter as well. It, it's pleasant meaning uh, the perfections, teaching the perfections. Um, so that within this particular, um, within this particular pleasant speech, 
the meaning of this pleasant speech means that it is the teaching of the perfections in a pleasant way. Um, and then three is making sure that you're teaching in the graduated fashion, the proper way that will allow the disciples to achieve the aims, which are perfection, to, to achieve Buddhahood. And then if you're teaching the beings, uh, teaching students a certain way and saying, this is how you achieve these aims, you should be practicing them yourself. Okay. Selpachasa. So who said this? Uh, we find it in the Maitreya's ornament uh, for the Mahayana Sutras. Okay, so we find the quote from Maitreya, ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, it says, Generosity is the same as before, teaching the perfections, involving others in taking them up and involving yourself are asserted to be pleasant speech working at the aims and consistency of behavior, uh, respectively. Um, so here we see generosity is the same as it's always been taught. Um, teaching the perfections is the pleasant speech. Involving others and taking them up is the um, uh, uh, working at aims. And involving yourself is consistency of behavior. So then Maitreya points out points out that these are the four. Uh, the four, pleasant sp uh, generosity, pleasant speech, working at aims, and consistency of behavior. Okay, so now we move on to the reason they are stipulated as four, and I um, left something out from before, and it's going to apply to this, so I just it clicked that I had forgotten to translate it. So when we divide generosity, Generosity can be divided into three categories. Generosity of dharma, 
material generosity and the generosity of, of fearlessness or giving fearlessness. Um, so the first category, generosity of Dharma, is the, literally giving teachings, uh, teaching the Dharma to others, teaching Buddhism. The second category, material generosity, is giving material things, uh, being generous with money, food, drinks, things of this nature. Uh, the third category is um, uh, giving fearlessness, fearless, uh, fearlessness, and or generosity of fearlessness. So this is, for instance, if you're driving down the road uh, and an animal comes out and you actively um, try not to hit that animal, um, and you don't, <laughs> you actively swerve or stop, um, and that, that is giving fearlessness, or giving fearlessness. And the last time Rimche gave the example of moving a bug out of the water that's drowning. Uh, so this is a generosity of fearlessness. And then the third is, um, uh, uh, that was it, sorry, <laughs> that's the third. Uh, so um, then here it says, now we get into the reason they are stipulated as four. So there's a question. It says, why are the ways of gathering disciples set as four? So why, why aren't they five? Why are they three? What's the reason for setting them as four? Um, so it says, reply, in order to gather a following of disciples for the sake of establishing them in virtue, they must first be pleased. This, moreover, depends on your giving them material things and providing benefit uh, to their bodies. Thus, please, they first must know how to con... Okay, there it is. Um, providing benefit uh, to their bodies. Um, so, this is that first category of generosity. Um, so, this is number one. So, it says, why are there four? So, Lama Tsongkhapa is replying and saying, well, it's the stages of things that happen here when you're gathering a disciple or you're um, um, gathering students. So, the first is that if you're generous, um, then they're pleased. They like you. They, 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 they like that. Um, um, and as a result, um, and it says benefiting their bodies. So if you um, give some food or drink, uh, if someone doesn't have that, then that makes you feel good. Benefit body means you feel good. Makes them feel good. Um, so it, then if they're pleased, then they're going to want to maybe listen to what you have to say. Um, so... Um, is it okay, the sound? Okay. Um, so they're going to want to hear uh, what you have to say. Um, and just as a translator's note, I know that Westerners have, have often looked at this and said, oh, it just seems like um, a con or something to get students. And the point here is this is out of love and compassion because you want people to be free from suffering and you know how to make them free from suffering. But if they don't listen to you, they don't like you, they won't. You can't help them. So this is all from compassion because you want to help. And the only way you can help is if they, they you, you, there's no magic. There's no wand you can wave. You can teach and that's how you help. Um, so just I wanted to make that note because it's misinterpreted a lot even when we hear the commentary and read it. And this is just out of the force of love and compassion that one would want. No one's a teacher unless they have that. So... So that's, they, this doesn't apply to a charlatan gathering a disciple. This is, applies to a teacher who has something very valuable to give the world and the world, how to get the world to listen to that. So um, that's it. That's the first one. Next. Dene? Jimbutsak. Dua, 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 dua,
چیشر دواج نیش ناس کو گوالا جایشر دوبلا تما گاگولاس نه دیجا دوباره لالونگو بالا تما کو گابوگوگو گابو من نیو ماریس گاگولا دیان سازین کی یه باشی نه لولا پن دوبلا تیوسو تیتر گانه لالا جوالا تما تیجتر شاتوشیگوس لالا جوالا کنون دباکاریو باید نتیشیگوس شاتوشیگولاس دیان یه بام هایی چیزی به مشیباتن تزون سوادونه دنشیجی معلوبا زیادن چو بیشروسا نه دادن یه بام هایی یه بام هایی چیزی به اینا نه مشیباتن تزون سوادونه نه دنشیجی معلوبا لاتنه یا چی توگریس زیادن چو بیشرو Tetrasheba-na, Tuan-shwebe, Tuan-dru-ba-la, Juba-sheba, Juba-ra-shela, Tuan-ra-ke-ma-ru-na, Zela-ju-du, Tetrasheba-na, 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 Chirayantwente-maru-na-jela-de-dru-se-chi-shir-maa-chwe-chan-ta-dun-jen-chi-chwe-gu-so-se-san-e-sa-ne-ru-du-me-nye-la-sa-su-su-nyan-le-ma-
Doing Okay. Um, so then it says that once the person is pleased, okay, so now you have a, deci- a, a student who is happy, likes you, is pleased. It says then, um, that is to say, uh, here we go. Thus pleased, they first must know how to connect to the path. So, okay, now what, what is there, to, what's the whole reason for this? What is the, there to say? That is to say, by using pleasant speech to explain the teaching, you cause them to cast away ignorance and doubt, and then to correctly apprehend the aims. Um, so, by using pleasant speech, um, you allow them to understand, get rid of the ignorance that doesn't know um, about the potential Buddhahood. Um, so you get rid of that and any doubts because you're presenting script, things with scriptural authority and, and logic and reasoning, you're casting any doubts aside um, um, because you're u- utilizing this. So you're casting these away so they, they want to hear what you have to say and then the, what you are saying is important. It's about the, the um, perfection um, vehicle or the, the specifically uh, teaching the perfections to the disciples. So um, it says, um, once they have understood these, you cause them to accomplish virtue by working at these aims. So um, now that you've explained these, um, you've, you've um, enticed, in, if you will, about the potentials, then you explain how the potential can be arrived, how you can arrive at that potential. Um, so um, you, ha- you explain that these, these things are possible, and then you show the student exactly how to do it, how to make that, what is, that which is possible occur. Um, and then it says, uh, once, once they have understood these, you cause them to accomplish virtue by working at these aims. So they then begin to, to work at these. And, However, if you have not accomplished virtue yourself, when you say to others, you have to engage in this, you have to reject that, they will say, why do you tell others, accomplish this aim, when you do not accomplish it yourself? You still need somebody else to correct you. Uh, so it's saying like, how, if, if you need someone to correct you and you aren't doing what you're telling us to do, why should we do what you say? Um, that's, and then Rinpoche was laughing. I don't know if when you saw he was laughing when he was reading it. Uh, he was laughing about this. Um, you know, if you need somebody to correct you, why, why are you calling yourself an, a, a, an authority on this matter if, if you can't do it? Um, so uh, they will not listen to what they, um, they will not listen to what they have to practice. So you presented what's correct even, but they're not going to listen to you because you aren't implementing it yourself. It looks fake, like a charlotte, a hypocrite. 
but if you are practicing yourself, they will think, this person is established in virtue to which he or she is leading us. So we will definitely derive benefit and happiness if we accomplish it. So as a role model, you're acting as um, the teacher should be someone who you are following in, in terms of practice and so forth. Um, um, and you can't do that if the teacher, him or herself, isn't actually practicing. Um, so uh, there's a, a connection to your, your following a practice um, and the person giving you that advice following that practice. Um, there's a, some connection there. Uh, they then either engage in it, in it anew, or for those who have already engaged in it, do not reject it and become stable in it. Uh, so for this, you have to be consistent in your behavior. The ornament of the Mahayana Sutra says, so here we have a quote again from Lord Maitreya. Um, know from the ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, know the ways to gather disciples to be for. A method to give benefit involving others in comprehending the teachings, involving them in engaging, and likewise involving yourself. Uh, so here, this is just reiterating what Lama Tsongkhapa has presented, and Lama Tsongkhapa is showing source material for what he has presented. Do <laughs> Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so now we have their functions. Um, what are the functions of these four? What do these four ways to gather disciples do for the disciples? Uh, then the response is, Generosity makes them fit disciples to hear the teaching, for it makes them happy with the person who explains it. Pleasant speech makes them take interest in the teaching that is to be given, uh, because it gives them a detailed understanding of the aims and dispels their doubts. Working at the aims makes them practice in accord with what they have been taught. Consistency of behavior makes those who have engaged in the teachings not reject them, but practice for a long time. Uh, so here we have these four um, presented with the reason for these four. Um, and they're ultimately to accomplish uh, the student being stabilized in, in practice. So then we have another quote from Lord Maitreya's ornament from Mahayana Sutras. It says, By the first they become vessels. By the second they take interest. By the third they practice. By the fourth they train. Uh, so here it's just showing training is like this very stable form of practice. Um, so it's just showing how it goes from um, interest, having an interest in what is being said to implementing it um, uh, to implementing it in a stable way, basically. So beginning with um, someone who doesn't know of this um, point. Digson. Jibba 
the four ways to gather disciples, the second, the reason they are stipulated is for, the third, their functions, and now the need for those who gather a following to rely on them. Um, so because the Buddhists have declared these four ways to gather disciples to be what achieves all aims of all disciples and to be the superb method, those gathering a following must rely on them. Uh, the ornament of, for the Mahayana Sutra states, those involved in gathering a following rely on this means is praised as a superb method achieving all aims for all. Um, so um, this is again the motivation is achieving all aims for all. Uh, so the reason for gathering these disciples um, and then um, one needs to uh, rely on this this way. Nabana <laughs> Kandrawa Tonga 
Yan Lanne 
Shadam Mabab, Hemvi, Tijubi, Temple Mama. Check out Nalaya, Nalajan Luna Abjago Lugures. Juma Mibala, Deba Moada, Dundu Jibisheto, Deba Moada, Dundu Jibisheto, Lata Mali Gubuntu Bicheto, Naruto Shayu Chu Zimbatan. Sutinjibajiba, Okay. Okay, so now we move on to a somewhat elaborate explanation. Um, so here it says there are two types of pleasant speech. The first pleasant speech associated with worldly customs means that you first assume a clear expression free of anger, give a smile, and then please living beings in worldly ways, such as inquiring about after their health, etc. The second type, pleasant speech associated with presenting the perfect teaching, means that you instruct living beings in the teaching for their benefit and happiness, beginning with teachings on developing faith, ethical discipline, study, generosity, and wisdom. The avenues of pleasant speech are as follows. To an enemy who would kill you, you say helpful words without a fault in your heart. With the very dull-witted, you willingly rise to the challenge, tirelessly giving talks on the teaching and causing them to adhere to virtue. So not getting frustrated. Teaching it again and again uh, out of patience and compassion, uh, even if the person doesn't understand it because they're dull-witted, it says, or aren't intelligent. Um, to devious beings who deceive their masters, abbots, etc., and engage in wrongdoing, you speak pleasantly with helpful words and without anger, teaching even the most difficult persons, in order that persons whose minds have not matured may eliminate obscuration and be reborn in happy realms. You give discourses to them on preliminary practices, generosity, and ethical discipline. To persons whose minds have matured, you are, uh, who are rid of obscuration and possessed of a joyful frame of mind, you reveal the foremost and perfect teaching of the Four Noble Truths. You encourage householders and renunciates who are careless to be conscientious. And to those who have doubts, you speak elaborately and explain the teaching to them to dispel their doubts. Um, so here uh, is just a series of advices on how uh, one should properly um, teach the, the, the disciple um, and, and what the differences are between pleasant speech in a worldly fashion and then pleasant speech in, in terms of the Dharma done specifically out of uh, love and compassion. Um, uh, so it shows the differences. And then it touches on a few different points here. Um, uh, it talks about the Four Noble Truths. Um, so it's saying that once you've gotten a student to the point where they're 
uh, know of the aims and, and so forth, then you can present the Four Noble Truths. Um, you reveal the foremost and perfect teaching of the Four Noble Truths. Um, uh, so once this, you get past this first, which was generosity, to put them in a joyful mind stream, then you, you give the teaching, which presents the, uh, the um, um, Four Noble Truths. Uh, um, the, the Buddha stated at the first turning of the wheel, this is the superior truth of suffering. This is the superior truth of origin. This is the superior truth of cessation. And this is the superior truth of path. Um, so this is what you then would move on to as um, the disciples become appropriate vessels for that information, or the student becomes appropriate. Disciple sounds so strange. The students become appropriate vessels for that teaching. Dixon. Less up. Colotombi, <laughs> ね、コア、コアだ、だんね、コクヌだ、ちょっとこのロデンでバラ。デンガ、コアドン、ペニョモンゴンジョンデンバ。あ。ペニョモン。ディアンジェスナ。ディアンジェスナ。コロ、ディ
lade palanina lade mi chaos lade lade ke jo je bala de ne anu gode to yungure sun gode gode tende gode to yungure Okay. <coughs> okay, so when the first turning of the wheel of Dharma was given in Varanasi uh, in India, uh, and the Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths. So the first turning of the wheel of Dharma means the first time the Buddha gave a teaching. Uh, he turned the wheel of Dharma. Uh, so he, t he stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, and this is the superior truth of path. Uh, so here the Buddha showed us um, the two cause and effect relationships uh, presented within the Four Noble Truths. We have the cause and effect relationship between the truth of suffering and the truth of origin and the cause and effect relationship between the truth of, of cessation and the truth of path. Uh, so the truth of suffering is the cyclic existence and its inhabitants. Uh, the truth of suffering are, is the uh, contaminated aggregates, this, the aggregates of cyclic existence. So if we were asking what, are the, what is the truth of suffering, uh, it would be uh, the cyclic existence, the place, and its inhabitants, the people. Um, so I'm a people, so I'm a truth of suffering. Why? Because I have contaminated aggregates. My parts aren't pure. My parts that come together to make me aren't pure, so I have contaminated aggregates. Um, so that is what the truth of suffering is. Um, what is the truth of origin? How does suffering come about? How does this um, um, lack of independence um, come about, this suffering that I can't have any control over? Um, how, does it, how, how does it come about? It comes about from karma and the afflictions. Um, so because of the karma and the afflictions, uh, those negativities give rise to suffering. Um, and then the truth of cessation means that this all can stop. There's a way for all suffering to cease. And then the truth of path is how one makes that suffering cease. So the Buddha actually stated um, the Four Noble Truths in three different ways. He stated this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, this is the superior truth of path. Suffering is to be understood, origin is to be abandoned, cessation is to be achieved, and path is to be relied upon. Then the Buddha stated that there is no suffering to understand, there is no origin to abandon, there is no cessation to achieve, and there is no path to rely upon. Uh, so the Buddha stated the Four Noble Truths in these three ways. He showed the cause and effect relationship between suffering uh, and origin of suffering, origin being the cause of suffering, the cause and effect relationship between cessation of suffering and path, um, path giving rise to this cessation of suffering, um, and so when we say 
what is the, the truth of paths or true paths, it would be any of the Arya paths. So we have the three vehicles, the hearer vehicle, the solitary realizer vehicle, and the bodhisattva vehicle. Any among those three types of beings who are on the path of seeing, path of meditation, or path of no more learning. So those Arya paths, those superior paths. Any beings who are, who are uh, any, any of those pathways, I'm sorry, um, not beings, um, but any of those pathways within the continuums of those beings I just mentioned. Um, so those beings who are superiors. Uh, so those pathways within the superiors' minds, path, true path, um, the path of seeing, the path of of meditation, and the path of no more learning specifically. Dig sung rimache. Natsu the karma ni then true adan lenjab. Okay. That dunga that is a good that dunga deba tango den go dance that let on your mobile move and go dance can see years ago. Did you think Kandasi you are this enough? So if, is there a way, we say there is cessation. Uh, so then, is there a way then to get rid of karma and afflictions? Because we said that's what causes it, that's origin. So if we say there's a cessation, then that means there's got to be a way to get rid of karma and afflictions. Then so, how does this occur then? How do we get rid of karma and afflictions? So, it is the mistaken view that is at the root of karma of afflictions that gives rise to this wrong um, thinking. Um, so, the mistaken view that grasps at things as being truly established. So it is the, the fact, the non-mistaken view, that phenomena is not truly established that is the correct view that stops the arisal of the, the, the afflictions and so forth which are caused by the wrong view. So it stops that once the correct view is there because there's no more wrong view. So it's said that this wisdom realizing emptiness, the wisdom that realizes the nature of reality, is compared to fire. It's like fire that has the ability to burn away the suffering and its causes. And once the wisdom realizing emptiness is, is completely achieved, um, because there are many cessations that occur, we say cessation as this one final cessation of suffering, but there are many cessations of certain things that occur along the superior path, along the Arya path. Cessation of certain levels of, 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 of attachments and so forth, for example. Uh, so there are various cessations that occur and, and 
the wisdom realizing emptiness is this fire that's burning away um, these things, uh, these negativities, which then will eventually no longer be there. Just like when you burn a tree, eventually that wood burns till it's no longer there um, in, in terms of as a tree. Likewise, this fire of the wisdom realizing emptiness burns away the mistaken view that grasps at things as being truly established, which then therefore burns the karma and the afflictions that that gave rise to. Then they true with Then so, the, the wisdom realizing emptiness is like medicine. Medicine uh, stops disease. If we take, you know, the right medicine, it, it cures ailments. Um, the wisdom realizing emptiness cures the disease of the mistaken view. The, Okay, so it's like the medicine that cures the karma and the afflictions. The wisdom realizing emptiness is like the medicine that cures the karma and the afflictions. The way that medicine cures ailments, the medicine of the wisdom realizing emptiness cures the ailment of of the karma and afflictions. Okay, so now we have time for question and answer period. Um, here we go. Um, thank you. Um, uh, I was um, wondering whether the um, uh, the Four Noble Truths are sort of understood by the realizing, the, the wisdom realizing the ultimate or the wisdom realizing the conventional? The, the Demba Ji, the Ngusun Sama Yuna, then this share up, the Gunzub share up, Dundan share up, Dundampi share up, Kongi Triwa, the Demba Ji share up, the Dundampi share up, Gunzupi share up. That Demba, Dungan Demba, Kunju Demba. So, the wisdom understands. So, it is said that the wisdom that understands the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, and the truth of path is conventional wisdom, and the wisdom that realizes cessation is ultimate wisdom. Diesel. Um, okay, so my question is, in Western you know, psychology, they refer to like the ego, right? Um, so I. My question, yeah, yeah. So my question was, is that just basically the same thing as like a... Rinpoche doesn't have a, an understanding of Western philosophy, so... Mm -hmm. How would I, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You'd have to present what you think the I is in Western philosophy. Right. And then Rinpoche could tell you whether that is the same. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. In order to ask the question, I need the basis. Yeah. Pass the mic. <laughs> yeah, hi. Um, there's being a householder 
and meeting people who are curious about the Buddha, Buddhism, and Dharma, they might ask a valid question in sincerity. And as a householder, we have two choices. We, we can say, um, I, I think I understand this, but I can't answer it because I'm not a qualified teacher. Or we can say, I think I understand this, uh, but, I, but I believe you should check, check, double check what I'm going to tell you. Which, 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 is, which is the more correct thing to do as a householder? Do you mean as a non-trained householder? Us, because us, you have you have householders right. like Milarepa was a right, householder, right? But none of us you here know are qualified I mean? to teach. I mean, qualified as having gone through the monastic uh, discipline. Okay. But I mean, people you meet will sincerely ask you things, and they're, okay. they're, they're interested. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Natsu the Geshe Yomari, Natsu the Natsu Genye Konsegdu, Nga Genye in Nga Leka La Drodu. Ngagashe the the lenja nga geshe yomare nga chu shede shingamare den sunsang nga lenja tugumare gari yakshu lenja yene the denden yomare lenja yomare gangin sena nga tsu geshe nga tsu kepa yomare then mekashi triwa jana nga tsu kepa yomare the chikshina junla chu kepa desu tena inchi ta to nga shire ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ちょっとね、ち
you're qualified to answer the question if the question if they're what they're asking you can give the correct answer to because there is a correct answer and there's a wrong answer and there's a right answer and if you know for sure that it's the right answer then you should respond to their question and answer it and and you should know that you we have we do have knowledge and that we do possess knowledge if we've come here enough we should you know some of us have been coming here 20 years almost so it's it would be almost like lying to say I can't tell you but if you don't know you shouldn't you shouldn't say if or if there's any doubt in your mind or uncertainty you shouldn't shouldn't say Uh, so you are all similar to Geshe's. The you have are getting these excellent qualities that Geshe's get. And we're studying the same information. So if you're absorbing it and learning it, then we're all doing the same thing. It's just all labels, Geshe layperson. But you're right. I explained to Rinpoche too, just to let everyone know that there's a big problem in the United States where unqualified teachers are getting students and students don't know any better so they're following these teachers um, and I'll give you an example and this is something this is how scary this can get there was a student who came here a number of years ago with mental illness um, it, it's not important the details of it but they came here and Rinpoche gave them some robes because they were thinking of becoming ordained they falsified a document that said that they had uh, a permit from the Chen Rezig Center, put, put the passport photo on it, put the robes on, went to California, told a bunch of people that they were Tolku and that Rinpoche had given them this special robes and it was a robe that Tolkus get to wear it, because Namgyal monks wear the same robes Tolkus wear. So Rinpoche gave him a Namgyal robe so it was very easy to say he had a Tolku robe and he gave refuge, actually she, that's another part of this, it's a transgender situation, to 200 people in California, completely unqualified, completely mentally ill, completely uncertain about the Dharma, and gave refuge vows. I had to answer a phone call and talk to someone who thought they had a guru because there was some questions that other members had who knew better about this person and things weren't sounding right. And I had to break the news that they had put on an event for 200 people and had given refuge vows to 200 people that we had nothing to do with and that all these people now, their spiritual monopoly had been messed with. That's how serious this stuff is. That's one example related to us that we didn't do anything. We had nothing to do with. Somebody mentally ill took our information off a website and had information to tell. There are a lot of teachers out there doing this. There are a lot of people teaching Dzogchen that don't know anything about Dzogchen. Teaching Mahamudra that don't know anything about Mahamudra. Teaching Tantra that don't know anything about Tantra. You need to tear these teachers apart before you follow them. Meaning what do you know? Where did you learn it? How do you know it? What books have you studied? And then and only then to listen to them. Because there are charlatans everywhere. And I think that that's really part of the question. And that is what I did tell Rinpoche. 
but he's he was basically saying not in this room so that's what he basically he was like what do you mean we're not teaching that we're not teaching wrong here we've been 15 years straight teaching alarm rim so don't say we don't know the answers because if you've been here you do these are the right answers they're not Rinpoche's answers they're Buddhishaki Muni's answers all right I'm done with my soapbox next question it's just something I feel serious about, very serious about. And I've been going across the country, just seen, and living in India, I've seen this craziest stuff being passed off as Buddhism. And it won't work. And it's going to make people sicker instead of well. All right. So um, you have the practices that are um, um, common with, uh, with um, beings of small capacity that lead to um, you know, um, rebirths in, the, in the, higher, the higher realms, correct? Yes. So if you have a being that's in a lower realm of cyclic existence and they're not able to engage in these practices, how do they reach a higher realm of cyclic existence? Mm, great question. Uh, the Tzu. Um, then Ngatsu uh, Meiyin. Then the Kashi Dendruyin. Kashi Yida Ngyawa. Yine the Yida Dang Ngyawa Dan Dendru. The Nampichu Lojung She Tugumare, then the Kandre Kon Meje, Kandre Kon Laje, Gangin Sena Kon Nampichu, the Lojung She Tugumare, Kon Gewa Sa Tugumare, then Kandre Jewa Sarpalen, Jewa Yarlen, Kandre. Sijan Samaki Jewel Tuma Mavares. Besser. Sansan over the Malje or the Halje or Trankameba, <laughs> The Kandre, Gangin Sena, Kon, the Ki, Gewa Samason, then, 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 Chi, the Chi, Gile, Kandre, Tsar, the Rimche, the Menda, the Nanka Dangra, the Lin, the Chuku, 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 Garshene the key the mitapa in. Garshene key dakbar yomare. Chitze chishes on the chisendro. Garshene she. Garshene the chi, garshene she glu. Could you do the kushendra? The leitsa, the chi leitsar? Chichi leitsa, tazwana. The nupatsar. Okay, the chi le nupatsar. Then a leitsa. Nupatsan is a Okay, um, so there um, we have had beginningless time. We've had rebirths, so we've accumulated virtue and non-virtue and neutral karmas since beginningless time. So every being, every sentient being, has this in common that they have this continuum that has existed since beginningless time and has. Um, if they haven't purified the non-virtue, is virtue and non-virtuous imprints. Those imprints are seeds within the continuum or what give rise to our experiences. Um, so, 
everyone has hell realm karma, hungry ghost realm karma, um, animal realm karma, human realm karma, demigod and god realm karma with, in terms of imprints within uh, our continuums. Um, when the potential for the existence, the, the karma that's got a being in that specific existence wears out, like shooting an arrow in the sky and the arrow finally loses its power to keep going up, when that thing, that, that imprint that made the experience of, say, a, uh, I was using dog with Rinpoche, made the experience of a dog happen, when that karma is no longer there for that because it's gone. The way you extinguish karma is the experience. Um, once you have suffering that's caused by non-virtue, you get rid of that imprint. It goes away. So the dog, for instance, then no longer has this karma's potent enough to keep them a dog, um, but they have all these other imprints uh, that are there that can ripen into their next life. So, um, as the Buddha said, the karma is more difficult to understand than emptiness um, because there's so many factors that would give rise. Maybe the dog at the moment of death was happy, so it uh, had a joy for some reason. Um, maybe the owner was caressing it. And then it gave rise to some kind of con the condition that gave rise to a virtuous imprint. So like that. That's subtle. Maybe one more question or so? Yeah. The, um, Get on pa the path to emptiness, is meditation uh, one, of the, one of those paths? Is compassion another path? Okay. So when you say... Um, or is there more than those paths to... Or the thought of being empty. Okay, which so the. Is another path. I'm um, just wondering all the paths to emptiness. To realizing emptiness. Yes. Okay. Doni dopi sherap lam. Ninji doni dopi sherap lam. The donba need sanlodang doni dopi sherap lam. Lang nyune yomar. The nyamlen. Nyamlen. Doni dopi sherap sanlodang asu ngasa asu ngasa ngasa. Then the true uh the doni kandre doni dopi sherap jugare the jugare semche doni dopi sherap ju then a gom, don't you be share up Jew? Gongi Triwa? Gom. Gom, gom job. Okay, so um, uh, in terms of pathway or practices which lead to the wisdom realizing emptiness, um, the most important one is that using reasoning to understand it so that you eventually can see it. Um, so using reasons, signs and reasons, such as things are not truly established, because they dependently originate. Um, so the wisdom realizing emptiness occurs from 
understanding it more and more and more intellectually to the point where you can realize it directly. So meditation does play a factor. There are things which give rise to the understanding of emptiness which aren't meditation, um, specifically meditation. Um, but you would, um, when you would engage in um, using a syllogism, um, for instance, the subject is not truly established because it dependently originates. Um, so this would be a way that you would think that would then lead you to the realization of emptiness. So that thinking itself is the practice that gets you there. It's the thinking and the analysis of what it is that ultimately allows you to arrive at the wisdom realizing emptiness, which you need meditation for. To directly realize emptiness, as Rinpoche said last week, you need to have calm abiding and special insight um, so you need anal analytical meditation and single-pointed meditation, um, but it's thinking, it's making the, the reasoning, and then being able to transform that reasoning into a single-pointed thought. I think I got everything Rinpoche said. Not so if we were terrible to, too, terrible. so if we were to add, so the I we say is a, a collection of aggregates that come together that we then serve as a basis of designation for I, but there's no I that's separate that's inherently existent like a soul, separate from that collection which is a basis of designation that's named. So Rimache said, what would a scientist say the I is? We say the I is this collection of. What would the scientists say? Rimache is just putting it out there. Science, uh, we're looking for the answer to this question. What would you say, where is the I or what is the I? We're trying to find the I, meaning the ego. Yeah, yeah the I. Where, where is it? What is it, science? We ask science questions a lot. They're going to show. They're coming. One day. All right, so concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And no, we don't have any specific scientists in mind. You know what's going to happen? The charlatan scientists are going to show up, and I won't know any different. Because I didn't study it. Maybe we should stop asking. All right. Just because they say they're scientists, doesn't mean they're scientists. I could do that next week, too. Hey, guys, I'm a scientist now. All right. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines.
spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rumchi Gutsi Shapi Denoma.